Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am the owner and proprietor at the Seckler Law Firm. Uh, and I appreciate you listening to this week's episode of the Life and Legacy Show. Uh, on this show, we do a number of things, mostly educational and information-based, about the things that I'm seeing in my law practice that you may want to think about because they may apply to your family. And, and um, the reason that we do what we do and the reason that my firm exists is because I had a personal experience where a family member lost a significant amount of money to the sort of broken government rule book that we have de- um, that, that deals with how seniors get their care in this country. And, uh, and so we, we handle three types of cases in the law firm. We do wills and trusts for people with a particular eye toward asset protection if you're concerned about nursing home costs, long-term care costs, et cetera. We uh, do what we call nursing home elder law cases, which is when uh, somebody goes into a nursing home setting and they have not planned appropriately, and they start getting a bill uh, for ten, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars a month, and they want to know if there's anything they can do to protect assets. So we handle uh, those cases every month, and then we do post-death administration as well. Now, this week's episode, I want to chat with you a little bit about some current events, and, um, and as as we look at uh, the budget that was passed by the Pennsylvania legislature and signed by Governor Wolf this week, um, how it impacts seniors. Uh, what they fixed and what they didn't fix. So a significant portion of the debate this this year over the budget, which was passed a couple of weeks late, but they got it passed, was regarding how to properly fund long-term care. And if you're a reader here at Pittsburgh of the, the Post-Gazette, they had an article in the paper um, several weeks ago where they interviewed some owners or managers of nursing homes, and there was this general sentiment that, um, they weren't being paid enough for the Medicaid beds uh, that they had in their facilities, and they're cha- uh, facing financial difficulties as a result. Some of them were even concerned that they may have to shut down uh, nursing homes uh, across the state. And so this uh, this got the attention of the legislature. They put together um, um, some uh, some provisions in the budget that look really pretty good. Uh, and to sort of alleviate that problem. So let's talk through that a little bit, why I think this is a good thing for seniors. Um, it, it seems to have been really sort of a, um, a bipartisan effort um, to to fix a problem that we really had, at least to start working toward fixing a problem that we really had. And then what I also want to do with this show is talk about what they didn't fix. What what are the gaps? What are the, the holes as it relates to the listener, as it relates to regular um, Sherry's and Joe's out there in the world as to how this long-term care system works and what it would mean to you if you end up needing long-term care, okay? Uh, before we do that, um, a little bit about the law firm. If you'd like to have more information about what we do, uh, our background, the attorneys that I have, uh, check us out at secklerlawfirm.com. It's S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Or you can give us a call anytime at 724 724- 
546-4227. If you're new to this show, you can find it on Word FM every Saturday morning. You can also find it as a podcast called The Life and Legacy Show. If you go on Apple iTunes or Spotify, you can find the show there. Um, there are links to it on our website. Uh, we are moving in on 100 episodes of this radio show, and so there's a ton of helpful information out there. Uh, you can also find it. I've recorded as a video on our YouTube channel. And you can check it out there and forward it to your friends if there's something uh, that you find relevant. But this week what we're talking about is the provision in uh, the very recently inked Pennsylvania budget moving for fiscal year 22 and 23 uh, and what what it included for seniors. So the the background of this is if um, if you go to a skilled nursing facility in this country – uh, or in this state. Statistically speaking, about 65% of residents in nursing homes are on Medicaid. Medical assistance is what we call it in Pennsylvania. About 65%. So it's a significant chunk because what happens is if you end up in a skilled nursing facility, there's there's essentially four different ways to pay for it. One is you pay privately, and we're going to talk about how um, that is the most expensive option, obviously, for families and what you can do about it. Second is, if it is a short-term medi- uh, stay in a nursing home, Medicare, if you meet the right conditions, may pay for that nursing home stay. So Medicare is option two. Option three is you could buy long-term care insurance, but most people don't. And option four, once you run out of money, you can apply for Medicaid. And, and so with nursing homes costing what nursing home costs, you know, the, the state of Pennsylvania tells us that nursing homes on average cost – uh, about $15,000 a month in this state. Well, if families, if, if a senior goes into a nursing home and they're not broke at $15,000 a month or 180000 bucks a year, for a lot of people it doesn't take long until they are broke and then they end up on Medicaid. And, and that's how we get 65% of Medicaid, um, 65% of nursing home bills, uh, beds filled with Medicaid. So you consider the business proposition of what that means to nursing home owners, right? So I got 65 – I have a nursing home, let's say, and I have 65% of my my nursing home beds are occupied by Medicaid recipients. And if you believe what the nursing home owners are saying, and I have no reason to doubt what the nursing home owners have been saying, is we are not paid enough – for our Medicaid beds. So uh, the private pay rate or the Medicare rate that they get may be more than what the Medicaid reimbursement rate is for that same bed. And so the nursing homes have been in a crunch, particularly since the COVID issues, because if you think about nursing homes in 2020, when people were dying in significant numbers from COVID and the work environment for the people that worked in nursing homes and still is, is difficult, you know, masks up, suits up, um, precautions, the risk of themselves becoming sick from COVID because, you know, that's that's where the COVID was. A lot of the significant cases were in nursing homes. And so there's a lot of people that were in the healthcare field, the long-term care field, that got out of the long-term care field or um, people that, that are considering or are working in the long-term care field are asking for additional compensation because this job is not what it used to be. Uh, and that put the nursing home owners in a bind because a lot of them are short-staffed right now, um, and hopefully this helps them fix it. Um, and, and a lot of them are having trouble finding people that, that want to do the work. And so um, this has created a real financial crunch on nursing home owners, um, and we still have seniors. Uh, you know, if you consider the, these challenges that the nursing homes have had, 
um, and you consider that we are experiencing the wave of baby boomers all turning 75, 80 years old um, or starting to, we have to fix this problem because it, one in three seniors is going to end up with dementia. And if one in three seniors has ends up with dementia and the nursing homes aren't making any money, who's, who's going to care for the seniors? Uh, and so uh, to Pennsylvania's credit, they have uh, at least patched this problem. I think that there's more work to be done here. I think most of the nursing homeowners would agree that there's more work to be done here. But within the Pennsylvania budget, when you count the funds that, that are um, going to be matched federally, it's a $515 million boost to uh, the long-term care community, not just skilled nursing facilities, personal care homes and other facilities got some money as well. But $515 million in the budget in additional to what was already allocated toward taking care of seniors. And I think this is a big win because whether you're red, blue, purple, green, I think that we can all agree that we have to have a way to take care of our seniors in this country. Um, and nursing homes shutting down is a pretty bad situation. So so within this $515 million, they, they increased the per-bed reimbursement rate by $35 a day. So carried out over a 30-day month, that's 1000 bucks a month. So the Medicaid reimbursement rate probably still isn't what the private pay rate is or what the Medicare reimbursement rate is. But if the Medicaid rate just got bumped by $1,000 a month per bed and the nursing home has 150 beds, well, you know, 65% of their, their people, this is a significant increase in revenue for the nursing homes um, to help cover the cost of providing the care. And so hopefully this is a situation where um, these nursing homes um, can, uh, can survive and thrive and, and make money. Look, I think we want the nursing homes to be able to make money um, because we want people to be in the nursing home business so that they will take care of our seniors and, and us when we are seniors if we need that level of care. So big win, and, and one of the really great things about what they did was 70% of this additional funding needs to be used bedside, meaning it needs to be used to pay people to take care of people, which is great. The nursing home owners are happy as a result. The unions representing healthcare owners are happy as a result. And the, you know, the consumers, us, the people that may need long-term care, should be happy because this is going to allow nursing homes to better equip, train, uh, hire good people to take care of us. And, and so, great. Okay, this, this really is. It's, it's great. And I hope that they have budgeted for additional increases in the future to continue to pay the people that are taking care of our seniors. Great. Okay. But let's talk for a few minutes about what they did not fix. What they did not fix and what no one's talking about fixing is the fact that we consumers, we regular citizens out here, if we need that level of care, it's nice to know that as a result of this legislation, hopefully future bumps, that the nursing homes will be there. But what they have not fixed and what no one's talking about fixing is increasing the amount of money you as a human being are allowed to own if you need long-term care see medicaid again medicaid represents 65 percent of the people in nursing homes medicaid requires you to essentially go broke if you need the nursing home so it's nice to know that i can get care but i don't necessarily want to be broke either um and so Let's talk about Medicaid eligibility and how it works and how you can protect yourself for a few minutes. Now, um, 
this is going to be a pretty quick gloss over. If you'd like to learn more about how all of this works and what you can do, uh, there's a couple of things. One, there's a ton of resources on our YouTube channel or on my website at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. And if you think the way I do that um, you don't want to go broke because you need long-term care, then go there, find the resources, and attend one of our upcoming uh, workshops, Elder Law Asset Protection Workshops. During the workshop, we teach you, here's how the system works. Here are some things you could do to protect yourself, your spouse, your house, your money. Um, from this sort of, this just Tim's opinion, aggressive, abusive government program that requires us to go broke, right? Um, There are ways to protect yourself. Even if you're already in a nursing home, there are ways to protect yourself. Um, And so the, the biggest problem is that most people don't take the time to become educated on their options. They assume it's not going to happen to them, or they just don't think about this stuff because it's not fun to think about, and so they put their head in the sand, and then they end up in a situation where they're going broke in a nursing home. So I would encourage you, check out our materials, come to one of our workshops, let us teach you how this stuff works and how you can protect yourself now so that you don't end up needing to go broke over care costs later. All right? All right, so here's how it works. To understand Medicaid and the eligibility rules, you have to understand that they treat single people, like single people or widows, different than they treat married people. So single people and married people. And you also have to understand that they treat assets, hard assets, money, accounts, different than they treat monthly income sources, like, for example, Social Security. Okay, so... You have to keep single people different than married people. You have to keep that clean in your mind. And you have to treat assets differently than they treat income clean in your mind. So let's do a single person first. If a single person goes to the nursing home, and let's just pick up, let's tell a story here. Um, Joe goes to the nursing home. Joe owns a home and $200,000 of savings, whatever that is. It could be checking account, savings account, retirement account. It really doesn't matter. So he, he owns a home outright. And he has $200,000, okay? Now, one in three seniors ends up with dementia, and Joe, unfortunately, is one of those three seniors, and he has uh, care needs that require him to go to a skilled nursing facility. So the day Joe enters a skilled nursing facility, he owns a home and $200,000. And the bill at that nursing home, on average in Pennsylvania, is $15,000 a month. So from the $200,000, Joe starts writing checks, $15,000, $15,000. More appropriately, his, his kids, his power of attorney, start writing the checks. Somebody's writing the checks. $15,000, $15,000, $15,000, $15,000. Month after month until he eventually gets down to about eight grand, maybe even a little bit lower, but let's for today just say he's allowed to keep 8000 bucks. Now think about that for a second. We have spent $192,000 on care, and it probably took 13 months. 14 months and now that money's gone okay now consider how those rules would apply to you if you're single or if you end up being a widow or a widower and you end up needing care fifteen thousand dollars a month from what account would you be writing those checks checking account the first month savings account the second month maybe the third month retirement account the fourth month fifth month and on and on until it's gone then where are you going to get the money from which account do you want to write a check for fifteen thousand dollars a month until you're broke okay so now we got joe and he's gone down to eight thousand dollars a month 
Now he's eligible for Medicaid. So thank goodness Medicaid is finally paying this nursing home bill. Except all of Joe's monthly income, his Social Security check, pension if he has one, has to go to the nursing home every month. They only allow Joe to keep $45 a month from his income. So his income, a buck and a half a day. They didn't change that number. They didn't change how much Joe's allowed to keep right with this budget. $45 a month. So Joe's allowed a buck and a half a day for all of his personal needs all month, which he proceeds to spend on Coca-Cola. Right? So now he has one Coke a day, um, and that's his uh, allotment of money for enjoying life um, in retirement. Now, the he still has a house, though, right? So remember, he started with a house and $200,000. Now he's down to a house. Um, but here's a question. <clears throat> Who's paying the property taxes on this house? He's out of money. Maybe he's got enough for property taxes the first year. Um, who's paying the utilities on this house? This still needs power or heat, presumably. Who's mowing the grass at this house? Who is taking care of the house? Um, and what will usually happen is the, the, the adult children, via power of attorney, will approach us and say, um, look, thank God Dad is now on Medicaid. We're not getting a $15,000 bill every month. But we don't have any income for his expenses, so we need to sell his house. And I have to advise, hey, look, you got to be careful selling the house because if you sell his house, and let's say we get $150,000 for Dad's house, Dad now owns $150,000 in cash, and he's no longer eligible for Medicaid because we converted the house into cash, and he's only allowed to have 8000 He currently would have 150000 so Dad risks getting booted off of Medicaid until the $150,000 is spent down to eight. Then he can go back on Medicaid. So essentially, we lost the house. And the kids will say, well, okay, then we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. What we'll do is, you know what, I've read Dad's will. And Dad's will says that when he passes away, I get the house. Okay. But here's the problem. Medicaid has, and, and so then the kid's going to say, well, I'll pay the property tax. I'll pay the utilities. I'll keep it up because when dad eventually passes away, odds are he's sick. He's in a nursing home. Odds are I'm going to survive him. So when he passes away, I'll inherit the house. Okay. But Medicaid in Pennsylvania has an estate recovery program that applies against the house. What's a state recovery? A state recovery is the idea that if you have been a Medicaid recipient in a nursing home, when you pass away, the state of Pennsylvania has a priority of claim against your estate for whatever's in it. Okay, now by law, that can really only be a house and a car and 8000 bucks, right? So then the executor of the will has to sell the house, turn it into 150000 in cash, and pay back the state of Pennsylvania for what they spent on dad's care. Now, if they have spent more than $150,000, the state cannot come after anyone else. They just get what's in the estate. But, again, we lost the house. Because when I tell people, when, when they are, are working with us and there's a single person in a nursing home that still owns their house, Medicaid is not paying that bill. Medicaid is loaning you money to pay that bill. And when you pass away, 
they call the loan against the house. The estate recovery program says that the state of Pennsylvania gets whatever's in your estate. So the executor has to sell the house and give Pennsylvania the money to repay them for having paid for your nursing home. So the net effect of all of this is that a single person in the nursing home on Medicaid in Pennsylvania will essentially go to zero if they're in there long enough. So while I commend the Pennsylvania government for coming up with some more money to keep these nursing homes open, we need them to make a little bit of money. I'm still concerned that if the citizens of this of this state understood that going to a nursing home means that they're going to go broke, that perhaps we haven't gone far enough to fix this problem. I haven't found anybody to disagree with me on that issue yet. Red, blue, doesn't matter. No one wants to go broke in a nursing home. And here's the fundamental problem with this, right? Well, let me just address married people first. Married people kind of have the same rule book, except the healthy spouse, like if it's just dad going to the nursing home and mom is healthy living out in the community, mom gets to keep half of the available resources up until a maximum of about $138,000. Why $138,000? I don't know. So if somebody comes into a nursing home and the, and the available assets are $200,000, mom's going to get to keep $100,000. Uh, she would get to keep the house. Dad only gets to keep 8000 The other $92,000 is going to go to the nursing home, right? So now mom is going to struggle with her retirement because she's got half the money. They're going to take some of dad's income. Um, this is really an abusive thing. And here's the fundamental problem with what really bugs me about this is our, our government system picks winners and losers. From a financial standpoint, they pick winners and losers based almost entirely upon the health care event you will ultimately have, which is almost entirely outside of your control. And I'll give you an example. If a 70-year-old on Medicare has cancer. Cancer tends to be treated, most times, with acute care. Medications, chemotherapy, radiation, hospitalization, surgery. Medicare pays for that. Coinsurance co-pays, yes. But Medicare is going to do most of the heavy lifting. So if a cancer patient is on Medicare, Medicare pays. As tragic as cancer is, and as terrible as that experience may be, Generally speaking, that cancer patient is not going to go financially broke because of their health care issue. So that guy's wife is okay. If, however, that person is a dementia patient, which, according to the Alzheimer's Association, one in three seniors will be, but if they're a dementia patient or a stroke patient or a Parkinson's patient, a type of ailment that requires someone to need custodial long-term care in a nursing home, well, Medicare doesn't pay for that. We don't pay for that. No, we, we pay for the cancer. But no, we're not, we're not going to pay for the Alzheimer's disease. And so now this fellow who ends up in a nursing home because he has Alzheimer's disease, he's going to go broke or his wife is going to have trouble making her bills in retirement. And I just think that this is a fundamental breakdown with how we're treating seniors in this country. Um, and so what do you do about it? You know, most people don't know the level of detail I just went into with you. Most people don't know that stuff. So what do you do about it? Well, 
one of the things you can do is you can protect assets. The law allows you to take legal steps with trusts and different techniques to protect assets from long-term care expenses. And in my opinion, this is the biggest issue facing middle-class Americans in the retirement is what happens if I get sick? Is my spouse going to be okay if I go broke, if I, if I go in a nursing home? If I go in a nursing home and I'm a single person, are my kids or my nephews or whomever, are they going to inherit anything, or is my entire life savings going to get smoked, everything I've worked for, because I had the audacity to have dementia instead of cancer? I don't know about you, but that is not an acceptable proposition to me. And so many of our clients decide to protect assets from this harsh system. Um, and to learn more about how to do that, you want to come to one of our workshops, our estate planning and elder law asset protection workshops. You can find them at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Uh, lots of educational material on the website. We give away a ton of free education. That's why we do this radio show in the first place, because no one's going to take a step to protect themselves from this harmful system until they understand that the system is harmful. And so we work really hard to get this information out there. I hope you found uh, this episode helpful, perhaps scary, but helpful to move you toward doing something to protect yourself. Um, you can find out more about the law firm by calling us at 724-546-4227 or check us out at Seckler lawfirm.com s-e-c-h-l-e-r lawfirm.com so big kudos to pennsylvania's government for at least fixing or starting to fix the reimbursement rates to make sure that our nursing homes stay open i would love to chat with anybody that wants to talk about how to fix it so that our seniors don't go broke because the system is still broken um folks if you listen to this episode and uh you found it helpful, that's great, but please do not take legal steps, do not make financial or legal decisions based on what you heard on this or any other radio show. This is for your education. This is for your information. If you need help, reach out to us. You can find more at secklerlawfirm.com. If you have a legal problem, you need a lawyer to help you fix that. Secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Thanks for listening. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.